This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to Buckets. It's 3-2 Golden State at the time of recording, so I think it's safe to say this series is over. Let's talk about it with Billy Scafuri. You're getting bucket buckets. Since the last time we've recorded a podcast, Draymond Green has recorded five. Yeah, and he's also played in five games. <laughs> he's a lot. He's much more hardworking. He but there's a lot of a lot of his knocks and a lot of his cons have yeah. been put out there. But he's very hardworking. <laughs> there's nothing he loves more than seeing a loose ball on the ground and knowing I'm gonna not so accidentally land on someone's head. Like, he loves a good leg on forehead moment. He can't. He's not going for the ball. He just wants to land on your head. And when it's like 260 pounds, that's a lot of a lot of action on your head. Yeah, he fouls about 11 times a game, but yes. he's called for six more often than not. Did you see the, uh, the begging and pleading of Steve Kerr to review his sixth foul yesterday? I did not. Yeah, he said it was like a verticality call against Marcus Smart. He's like, no way, no way. Like, review that. And Steve Kerr's like, no, I'm not going to review that. And then he like threw what can only be described as a tantrum. Like mm-hmm. two-legged hops, like they would animate a six-year-old mm-hmm. having a, <laughs> a meltdown. And Steve Kerr's like, fine, timeout, challenge. Uh, unsuccessful. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that must be the hardest part of coaching is telling us a, a really angry, large, sweaty guy that you're wrong. Trust mm. me. Mm-hmm. Like, just staring Steve at it. probably called it just to be like, look. All right, now next time, I don't have to do that. Oh, but next time, he will have to do that. He will, yeah, ultimately, he probably will, especially if and it's that, his sixth. And it will be in game six, because it happened game one, game two, game... He's fouled out as many times, like, he's fouled out more times than he hasn't this oh, series, really? correct? Yeah. At one point, like he had it, more fouls than points, for sure. Yeah, so he's, um for all that he's not doing, he's getting most of the storylines, which is interesting. Yeah, it's him, it's Steph, and then it's like, who would be the MVP if the Celtics won? But now that's starting to disappear because they might not win. But there is one more person, uh, and namely the Game 5 hero, I would say, mm. who's like coming around and starting to make headlines, and that's Andrew Wiggins. Maple Jordan, my MVP. Yo, he... He had such a, for being drafted number one and like all of like the getting lost in Minnesota, it's so cool to see him flourish. I mean, you had a top shot of him and it was sort of like a joke. Like who wants this, this Canadian mild mannered dude who may or may not ever be an all-star since then, all-star starter (laughs) taking over, might be the best player in this series when Steph is struggling. Like last night he had 26 and 13 or something. He definitely seems like the most five-tooled player, the best five-tooled player, yes. or however many tools basketball players are supposed to have. I he's know it's guarding, a baseball term. He's guarding the best player, and he's making... It's kind of like a Kawhi Light out there. He's like a six-foot-seven-inch solid defender who can make a turnaround jump shot if necessary. And has been casually pulling down anywhere between 13 and 17 rebounds a game. Yeah, his over-under for rebounds I saw last night was seven and a half. I'm like, ooh, it seems high. He pretty much destroyed that in the first half. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's probably a byproduct, A, of effort, but B, of when your biggest guy is loony and kind of Draymond Green, it's like anyone can get these rebounds if they go for him. He could definitely jump higher than both of those guys. Right. And he's going for it. Kavon Looney does deserve some acknowledgement for MVP of this series. Yes. He's been, he's been like Robert Williams, but better than Robert Williams. Yes. He's the most unexpected playing <laughs> over his like skill rate and pay grade. Like shout out Kevon Looney for a second. Cause 
years from now, after Golden State inevitably wins the NBA championship this year, uh-huh. we're not going to remember who really was getting all those dirty plays in, and that was Kevon Looney. That's so shout right. out him. Yeah, yeah. we're not. We're, we'll never forget the Kevon Looney uh, finals run that he's having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Just breathed saliva. Um, so if this podcast was being recorded between games three and four, I think we would be like, all right, so does the Celtics win this in five or six? Like they'll win mm-hmm. the next game in Boston and then they'll mm-hmm. either close it out in Golden State or win game six at home. They right. looked like they had that dominant fourth quarter in game one. Then they had a loss in game two, but that's going to happen. Then they looked great in game three and then they came out and they looked great in game four too. But then they kind of just gave it away in the fourth. They in sort game of four. ran out of... They ran out of like energy. It seemed like Tatum and Brown were just like, "I'm tired. I don't want to like guard Steph all game, and then I'll mm-hmm. also uh, be responsible on offense." So they would penetrate and kick and not shoot, and it came down to like Marcus Smart and Al Horford, and they kept missing as well. Yeah, the pace that the Boston Celtics were playing with in Game Four seemed unsustainable. Certainly through the series, but even in that game, it was like it seemed like they were playing faster than they were even comfortable with. They were almost like trying to out Warrior the Warriors game plan. Yeah, and. It just seemed like it was working for three quarters, but in the fourth, they were just flat. And I get it. That's not how they play, and that's not how many miles they usually run in a game. And then Golden State was like, well, we do this all the time, so (laughs) watch how it's done. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Tatum had to guard Steph, and he was like, I'm really tired. This is like minute 42, and I don't want Mm -hmm. to He started airballing threes, basically, just being like, "Eh." Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... This is ultimately why I think Golden State is so good is that they are conditioned to run like this for 48 minutes and for seven games in a series. Yes. It seemed like in game four, Boston was like, we're just going out, like I said, out warrior the Warriors. And they're not built to do that. So the truth is just kind of coming out in the wash. Boston's supposed to be like the taller, stronger team that can like get to the Yes. Like Tatum can get to the basket at will. And if Wiggins is on him, then Brown will do it. And if Brown's struggling, then Marcus can do it. And Horford can do it. And Tyler can do it. And that's what it looks like for three games. Like this is just a better team. Yes. We were playing, you and I were playing basketball with a bunch of guys on Sunday. And my team was stacked with height. And we had one guy who in our league, if you're like 6'5", you're very big. Yeah. We had a 6'5 guy who was still playing the perimeter, and I kept pointing to the low block <laughs> because the guy who was guarding him was Dan Klein, 5'9", yes. Jewish comedian. And I was like, just, I want to feed you on the low block for a few possessions, yeah. man. You're and like, it's interesting how yeah. the Celtics just don't do that. Right. No well, teams do that. He's like the Anthony Davis. Like, I could bump and score ugly layups, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want I don't to be want honest. To. I want to be Kawhi. I want to just like, jab step jab step hit an 18 footer that didn't hurt at all and it felt great but right, you're not right. hitting those 18 footers like tatum is 30 percent from the field of two point field goals it, it all adds up to a team that's not playing up to its potential right and i don't know what boston does in game six on offense to suddenly be like this is how we win the next two games with consistency where we can just do this for four quarters and then eight quarters and win i don't know what that offense looks like yeah it's basically what it looked like in games two and three i guess or one and three or three and four until the like meltdown just like they just have to win one more game in boston they'll be favored Mm -hmm. to win in boston because it's a home game and Mm -hmm. you know home game and must win Mm -hmm. tatum's been great in those like when they needed to win in Milwaukee, he had like 46 points and nine rebounds. And then but he, there is that blood in the water. Yep. Like uh, if you're the Golden State Warriors, you're like, let's just do it now. Like we're getting on a flight to finish right I was, now. I was so sure that Boston was going to win this series. Like especially when they were up 2-1, it was just like 
This is what happens. The younger teams usually win, especially when they have the better defense, and especially when their best players are like 6'4 to 6'10. The yeah. Warriors are like, they're great shooters, but like it's Jordan Poole who's short and not good defensively. It's Clay who looked like he was like on one leg sometimes and too slow to keep up. Look, okay, you can't play Poole and Clay. Then it's down to like Draymond who's struggling and Looney. It's like, okay, so now you have two guys who don't want to shoot. That's mm-hmm. not a winning success either. Mm-hmm. And here we are up 3 2. I know most of the text threads that I was on, many of which you are on, um, talking about this. Um, everyone's been like, yeah, Boston's the better team. Boston's the better team. But the thing that's been like lingering in the back of my mind throughout all of this is, but Golden State is the deadlier team. Like they can just like kill you in a quarter. Yeah. And they've, that's generally how they've been winning these games too, where it's like, we'll take all of your punches. You just keep throwing body blows at us for like two, two and a half quarters. And then we are going to just hit like 40 points in a quarter. 15 threes in a quarter and yeah. you look up you're like what just happened you and know i thought that would work in you know the regular season but not necessarily like in the finals it's like this game's going to slow down golden state's mm-hmm. not very good in the half court boston mm-hmm. can literally play their best defensive lineup and still have four or five great offensive players out there and golden state mm-hmm. can't steph curry is a shocking basketball player to witness yeah because it's not he's just making or missing <laughs> It's just shocking what he does on the court. Like, because he's not flying around and has a super freak body. It's like what he just is so skilled that it was a, it must have been game four where he just went, was that the like 43 point game or however yeah. many points he yeah, had, something like Boston, that? Yeah. He didn't miss and couldn't miss. And every time he shot, it was just such flow state basketball. It's just like, well, that's going to win. That's yeah. the best thing out there right now. Yeah. When you have and, the best player, you have a really big advantage. But I thought Boston would have like the next four best players. But then here yeah. comes Andrew Wiggins. It's like Wiggins is playing as good as, if not better than Jalen Brown. Right. And Steph Curry, the next game after going so like ballistic for 43 or however many points he had, yeah. broke his record of 223 <laughs> games in a row, making a three-pointer. He didn't make one the following game. And they still won. I know. <laughs> so it's getting really dicey for Boston Celtics fans. I can't remember another series where it felt like every team was favored like three to four times. It's like mm-hmm. the win probability was like hovering into Boston, then up to mm-hmm. the Golden State, then back to Golden State, then up to Boston. So it only makes sense in my mind that like Boston will win game six and then like have a pretty big lead in game seven where they're like, now they have a 98% chance of winning the series. And then Golden State will like do one last flip and with mm-hmm. the series. That's what it feels like it's going to be scripted as. You're probably right. Um, if I could just shift subjects for a second, if you were on these two teams, would you be annoyed that you have to fly cross country after each of these games? One yeah. game, cross country. Another game, cross country. And potentially a third cross country flight. That's, That's a, a lot, lot of, of travel. Yeah, it's a lot of travel. And it's like jet lag and you have to play in 9 p.m. in Boston. Yeah. It's Although- just... It's, it's, I know that there's no perfect way. I think, I, are there some rounds where it goes like three, two, two, or whatever it is, or however many uh, it shakes out where it's a little less travel, or is yeah. it always it used to uh, be, one, one, one? It used to be two, three, two in the finals for that, but they thought that that gave the away team like too much of an advantage because at one mm-hmm. point they'll be up three, two in the series. Right. Which didn't you have to beat them right. twice at home. Yeah. Right. And they're like, all right, flying is easy now because you have really nice private jets. So it's like you can sit on one of these for five hours. Just got to imagine the probability states that at least one guy on either roster is afraid of flying and just absolutely hates those five hours of yeah. their job. Or maybe not on the team, but uh, 
like a coach or something like that? Just probability states. There's enough people in the equation of having to fly from Boston to Oakland, Oakland to Boston, back yeah. and forth over and over that someone's like, I'm scared and I don't like this. <laughs> we have to win tonight because I don't want to go back to Oakland. Exactly. I want to take a train back home <laughs> a month later. Well, what they could do is have a true championship in a bubble in Orlando. Then they can determine once the no fans in the arena who oh. the greatest team of all time is. So, for example, the last time they did it, it was, um, oh, the Lakers who won. The Lakers uh-huh. won the true championship. <laughs> a true? In the bubble. Yeah, because like, once you get rid of flights, once you get rid of fans, and it's just like, these guys versus these guys. Yeah. In an empty practice gym in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Is there it's any like just stripping true? away yes. all the pomp, all yes. the circumstance. This is who is the best team exactly. who dribbles ball and shoots basket. Exactly. <laughs> They're not necessarily worried about fans booing them or having the fucking slamming balloon bars. It's just like Dude, it's an empty gym and it's just you versus the other guy. I just stumbled into some old photos from baseball games during the pandemic where it was just cardboard fans. Oh boy, we were flying real close to the sun of losing our minds. Yeah. Thinking like it felt we so were. normal and because 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 our worlds were so abnormal yeah. that it was like share a cardboard in the fa- crowd. That makes perfect sense. Sure, I think there were no fans even last season in basketball. Like, yeah, up until the end of last. I year, think you're right. There were no yeah. like we were playing in the arenas like Staples Center, but it was empty. And now we have um, arguably the most easy to hate fans in the uh, country featured prominently in game six and that's these boston celtics fans yeah whenever you see a cutaway to a celtic fan you just know that guy is incredibly up to no good tough man i went through a fan i went through a list of famous boston celtics fans and like it took a while to get to one where i was like okay like they're they're we can swallow them it was just like one bad after the another that barstool sports dude with the shirtless with the sleeveless jersey i was like guy (laughs) Oh, God, you are so easy to root against. Yelling at Draymond as he fouls out of the game. You're not in the game, sweaty barstool guy. (laughs) Wearing a Boston Celtic jersey with jeans. No sleeves underneath. (laughs) It's like, guy, again, like too prominent, Dave Portnoy. He also lost a massive bet that we should maybe talk about real quick. Yeah, that's nice. He sort of uh, thought that Boston would come out like a house on fire in game five, bet, what, 30 grand on them to win, get to 10 first. Yeah. I think it was 10 to 2 before uh, two minutes of the first quarter was over and he had lost that bet. Yeah, at 30K, that's tough. And then the immediate follow-up tweet was, I kind of knew that wasn't going to be a good bet. <laughs> it was like, you didn't have to tweet that, Dave. <laughs> he is. I will give him respect. He doesn't take down the tweets of him being wrong. He keeps them up. Okay. I take down 95% of my tweets only because I'm like, why did I tweet that? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know what? This one is me losing 30 grand. But I might as well get the publicity from it. There you go. It's a marketing expense. So who do you got? I mean, has it got to be Golden State at this point? Do you? Do, oh my god! Seems I don't to, know. You seem to think that Boston's going to win Game Six. I don't seem to think Boston's going to win Game Six personally. It's it's every single game up until yesterday. I'm like Boston's going to win this game. I just mm. thought Boston was going to win every game, and they only you and JJ Redick, like a bunch of NBA players who are on ESPN now, said the same things. And I was like, really? In Golden State, it seems so hard to believe that Boston was going to come out and win Game game five it's like when they had to win they have been winning and they've been beating mm. Giannis and they've been beating mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. they looked great in game one when they just mm-hmm. like clamped down and be like this is how we beat the Warriors and it looked awesome they like ran away with that game mm-hmm. 
And then they came back in the third quarter last night. I'm like, okay, they're doing it again. It's over. Boston's going to come back and do the thing where they don't let anybody score for 16 minutes and just dominate the end of the game because Golden State is tired from running around and being too small and Tatum Mm -hmm. Brown will take over. And it didn't Mm -hmm. happen. I was happy to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. It was nice you could see after game four going into game five, the press conferences immediately after or in between those two games, the only thing Golden State Warriors fan, uh, players wanted to talk about was winning. Winning. They, uh, everything they, all of their answers ended with, as long as it ends in a win. I don't care if I score 30. I don't care if I score three. As long as it ends with a win. And I was like, these dudes are scary locked in right now. Yes. Like they, they were not distracted, it seemed like. This also might be their last chance. So it's like, Steph is 34. Clay's only getting slower. Draymond's not getting any better. Wow. And their younger players are not quite there yet. So it's like, this might be our last hurrah. Like to, to win in that eighth season of the dynasty is a very hard thing to do. Wow. I wonder if that crosses their minds in real life, whether they talk about it or not. Yeah. It's all, it's all confidence with them. So they just assume they can win every year, but it does seem like this is the, the last dance basically. Mm-hmm. What are the contract situations? Who's who's the first of those three that's going to be up for um, I think like negotiations? All, I think they're all locked in for another season or two because they're okay. like the most expensive payroll and they're way over the cap and mm-hmm. like they're paying stuff like forty five million and Draymond mm-hmm. like thirty million and Clay thirty five. They're just like we're all in on these guys until the end. The next Draymond contract, if there is one, is going to be a very interesting situation. Right. It's like sometimes you score zero points and get two (laughs) rebounds. But you're also the heart and soul of our team. So also, like, does he want to – he strikes me as a player who doesn't want to, like, get the most money and play for the Thunder for a few Mm -hmm. years. Yeah, it seems like he's not necessarily all love of the game, but love of this game with this team in yeah. this role. Like, he didn't play that great when they were not good for the last two seasons. When mm-hmm. it was like, no Steph, no Clay, and just Draymond. He wasn't, let's just say, a dominant player. Right. That's, that's a fair way of putting it. He's a good engine when the car is awesome. But, like, mm. if Orlando's going to give him $80 million over three years, would he be like... Is it the opposite of ring chasing? Like I already have the rings now money chasing where it's usually. I think that he just goes to the ringer. I think he just brings his (laughs) podcast to the ringer and gets $80 million over three years. (laughs) He definitely seems like he has enough money and a good thing going with his post playing career. Yeah. How do you feel about minutes after the game ends? He hits record on his podcast. How do you, you own it. You, you are a thought you have a podcast network. So try and put that aside and just be a guy who's a basketball fan. Do you like it? Do you want more players to do it? I don't need more players to do it, but it's kind of cool that he does. Like I, if I were just, you know, finished playing a terrible game of basketball in a grand stage, I wouldn't like go home and be like, all right, let's talk about it. Uh, I had two rebounds, one assist, no points, played like garbage, but like I would be like, th- I'm going zero dark 30 mode. I will mm-hmm. podcast in August from the Bahamas. You don't think that this is a sign of things to come and that next year more players are going to be doing exactly this? Yeah, it does seem like it's weird. I remember when CJ McCollum was like, whoa, he's podcasting during the season. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. But now or like, like when a player would get, get kicked out. Yeah. Everyone is, yeah. And it's like, and those are players who, you know, have names in this league. They're not just like guys who are like, I'm not going to be in the league in a year. These are guys who are like doing this for the brand, you I know? Want, and it just I, seems inevitable to me that 10 guys are doing the Draymond Green thing. It's kind of like going to be like Twitter, right. where it's like everyone now has to have a Twitter. Everyone has to have a podcast. Like you tell me exactly what you were thinking and we'll just expect it, you know? I'd like the next thing to be in-game podcasting. So like they're already mic'd up. Okay. 
but they're like interviewing the person guarding them. So it's like, yes. all right, what are you planning on doing? How are you going to take away my right side and my left side? What if I like, you know, take a st- single dribble and rise up right now? How are you going to defend that? And then go quickly to a Squarespace ad exactly. and then come back to the During timeout. Time. Did you see this fan, fake clay? The story yeah, of got, fake clay? He's got some shots up in pregame and was banned from the arena. He filmed himself the entire time. Um, this is a guy who looks exactly like Clay Thompson and uh-huh. decided to go for it. Drove in in the Clay Thompson jersey in a convertible. Yep. So, like, they let him I don't there. know what these security guards know and don't know, but the players aren't wearing their jersey from the minute they wake up until the minute they go to bed. That's right. <laughs> but fake Clay drives in, asks the first round of security at the Chase Center. Is that where they play? Yeah. I believe. Um, first round of security, hey, where did the players park? And that should immediately be a red flag, wasn't. And they pointed to uh, this next phase, got to the next phase, yeah. waved to some guy. The guy got so psyched, he couldn't believe Clay Thompson was driving in right now and said, yeah. you got to drop 30 tonight, took a selfie with him. Nice. He drove into the tunnel, parked, went through metal detectors, got all sorts of clearance, went on the court and got some shots up. Ten minutes later, someone found out, and he's now banned from all Chase Center events moving forward. He had a great stroke. He was... Yes making threes i would say what he did was better than attending warriors games for the next 10 years especially if they're not looking too hot anymore Mm -hmm. and the prices are just going to go up and up Mm -hmm. this is a great grand finale you get some shots up you made a fucking three from the top of the key you also didn't scooby-doo um clay thompson where you like tied him up and put him in the janitor's closet and then played for him the entire game like you didn't take away the man's profession you didn't you did no harm (laughs) And then I, I thought it was interesting. I think he checked into the game for a little bit. Did you notice? He that? did. Yeah. In the third yeah. quarter, he got, he went one for two from the field. Okay. And he stripped Peyton Pritchard. And did they put his social media handle in like his name? Was it like Big Dawes TV or whatever his no, name they is? They thought it was Clay. They thought it was Clay. Okay. So it was Just fine. T- yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty clever if you could just have the doppelganger for all these players. Yeah. So you had five players and five comps. I wanted the Morris twins to do this since they have identical tattoos, one mm-hmm. of them struggling. Let's say Mark Keefe's not getting a lot of run. Marcus switches in. He puts on the jersey. The other I'm sorry. Know. Did you just tell me that they have identical tattoos? Yeah, you didn't know that? Every tattoo that Marcus has, Mark Keefe has as well? Correct. Identical sleeves. No way, Jose. You're telling me the truth, or are you doing one of these Amir Blumenfeld troll moments? Uh, I can understand why you don't believe him, but look it up. Yeah, I believe they have identical tattoos. Wow. Yeah. And At I think some they live together, or like a joint checking account too. Like everything they do is very together. Somehow I knew that and that's less weird, even though that's so insanely weird that you have a joint checking account with your brother. Yeah. But that is a lot with the sleeve. That is a lot. Like you at that point you're wearing you're calling him and saying, What shirt are we wearing today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you want like some level of differentiation? If not if you're a Morris twin, I guess. Uh yeah. Um so if you had to bet on what's going to happen, would you say we're seeing game seven or it's like, all right, Golden State figured it out. Game over. If I were to bet, I would say Golden State game six. Wow. And you'd probably get better odds yep. of, um, from a betting standpoint of That's game right. six and game seven, correct? They're not. Yeah, they're not favored at home. Uh, mm-hmm. or they're not favored in Boston. Boston's favored. Hey, speaking of which, I know you didn't make one of your bets last night, but you did have a couple interesting bets on the board. Did any hit? No. My bets were... Warriors over 14 and a half threes. I believe Steph didn't make wow. any, and Jordan Bill only made a few. Like wow. I felt like I was controlling the game. It was not even close. That is intense because you hit it on a historic night in the opposite of what you bet. That's usually what happens. It's like, oh, we just saw something happen. It'll happen again. Next game. 
the team realizes what just happened. It won't happen again. If I may ask one more question about this bet, it, what is the, is it usually around 14 and a half for yeah, them? Like in Vegas. Re- so this wasn't like a lowered line no, than usual no. or anything. Okay. It was just like, I assume they'll go for an explosion at home because they just mm-hmm. did so on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Jalen Brown over 15 sh- points in the first quarter that w- sorry first half that was a long shot and he did not get close to that either they were struggling. Damn. i don't know if you remember it was like 24 8 at one point they yeah pulled, it was really weird they right. pulled brown um and then i had oh a three-pointer to be the first shot of the game That's the first the one. shot of the game was of course an auto porter layup not sure if he made another shot after that dude <laughs> let's let's talk about auto porter for a second how did we get here it's <laughs> starting how, did, was he a, was he a key player for the Golden State Warriors throughout this season? I don't remember him being a key player. I, I don't think so either because he's not like a small ball five because Draymond would have done that. But I guess as Draymond stopped shooting shots, they needed some big guy to shoot threes next to Draymond. Like if you're Otto Porter, you wake up every morning and you're like, how did I end up here? This like is this great. is the Paul Rudd meme. Yeah. This is just like, hey, look at us. He's not just Who on would have thought? Team. He's starting for a championship winning team. And every, like, to me, he's 51. Like, I, he could be 26. I don't know. But, like, he's on, like, a, he, I remember he signed, like, a four-year, $95 million contract with Washington back in the day. Yeah. And it's just also fascinating. It's like, you just woke up one morning and Otto Porter was starting for the Golden State Warriors. That's just a very confusing thing for me. My mind still hasn't absorbed it. Yeah, I think Golden State likes just, like, replicating what they had. So they wanted, like, a David West, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. journeyman at the end of the year who can, mm-hmm. you have to guard on the corner so Steph can drive. Auto mm-hmm. quarter. Iggy's mm-hmm. getting old. Let's trade for Wiggins, who's not only plays like Iguodala, but his name sounds like Iguodala. It's Wiggy versus Iggy. Wigwadala. Exactly. <laughs> Sean Livingston. Do they have a replacement for him? Jordan Poole? Yeah, but Sean Livingston never shot threes in Poole. Mm. Poole is more of a Leandro Barbosa to me. Yeah, Poole is, hey, do we need someone to make a three with less than one <laughs> second on the clock from half court? Because he yeah. seems to be doing that with consistency this yeah. series. They'll get Jordan Clarkson to do that in a few years. What was the thing? What was the kind of storyline that he plays better when there's baddies in the crowd? Yeah, the more hotties there are sitting courtside because he's you know going to step up his game to see slash impress said baddies. That is such a that's such an easy piece of gossip just to float out there and knowing that everyone's just going to love it. <laughs> great. Who doesn't like Jordan Poole? Like that is something that you should have come up with because I saw you on Twitter yeah. yesterday, I believe, uh-huh. and maybe this is like an annual or like a, a monthly event tradition. Do you know where I'm going with this already? The Lakers can destroy yes. either of these teams. Yeah. Whenever so, there's a great game on, I like to say that the Lakers could destroy either of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the first one was obviously iconic and produced insane results. An absolute hit. A, like going in the quote retweet hall of fame. That and, then tweet. I, and then I sort of used it during the, um, Champions League finals. I said the I feel like the LA Galaxy could destroy either of these teams. That one was more of a clear joke, of course. That I didn't know. How did the soccer crowd react? No, not the same narrative supply. People knew that that one was a joke. I think people thought the Laker one was real. I believe you also, Abir. This isn't to go down a rabbit hole of your social media, but I do also believe that you tweeted out. You're going to have to tell me his name because I'm not from Los Angeles. Uh-huh. But something about not this guy never ages. <laughs> Whenever the game ends on ABC, they they cut to the post-game show on ABC, which is hosted by Rob Fukazaki. There it is. Doing this and this is, this is only years. in Los Angeles, yep. correct? Only in Los okay. Angeles. 
Rob Fukazaki does not age. I often text it to Jesse as a joke, and I'm like, you know what? Let's go wide on this one. The problem is I misspelled his name. That no! Yeah, it was like Fukuzaki instead of Fukazaki or the opposite. Wow. So did you barstool that one and leave it up and just take your L, or did you Billy Scafiri it and say bye-bye? I left it up for the night, and then I took it down the next day. Did, why? Why did you leave it up for the night? You left it up for the night knowing that there was a misspelling. I didn't want people thinking that I was sort of hiding my ill-performing tweets. I wanted to mm. own them. And then the next day happened, there were other tweets above it. I'm like, you know what? Let's put this in the attic. No one's looking at Fukazaki anymore. No one understands the fact that literally Rob Fukazaki does not age. <laughs> yeah. And so because of that tweet, it was almost like you put out the bait and I was the fish that went swimming up to be like, what is that? Yeah. So of course I Googled who is Rob Fukazaki. <laughs> of course. And I knew him just enough because I've spent three minutes after big games yeah. just like with the TV still on. Yeah. And it got me. It got me. So I saw you had like one fave after three hours. And I was just like, Rob Fukazaki, this tweet deserves a little bit more love. And then the fact that I didn't spell his name right means he would never find it either if he's Googling his name. Mm-hmm. Was the goal that we wanted a Fukazaki RT? That would have been great. Or a Fukazaki reply. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know uh-huh. how hippie is on social, though. I was telling you about a tweet that I put up about LeBron James once. And then I felt so bad that I had to delete that one as well. Great tweet. LeBron James is 0 for 1 from the hairline. <laughs> My I mean, fear was perfect. it was putting up numbers the first time I put it out, and I was like, there's, an, there's a chance that he'll see this, and I don't like that. <laughs> you, you, what you could do is turn it into a positive about Jalen Rose's hairline. Go on. How would I, how would I phrase this tweet? Jalen Rose is 100% from the hairline. From the hairline. You know how you can like have two people on Instagram post <laughs> at yes, the same time? Exactly. We need that for Twitter and that tweet. A dual tweet. We brought that to the writer's room yep. and we're coming back. <laughs> the thing is, it already worked with the LeBron thing. But, you know, yeah. people like making fun of people more than praising people. So it'll never yeah. do as good as an anti-LeBron tweet. Just not big on bullying. Just not big on bullying. Hashtag washed gang. Um, speaking of your Lakers um, or a player on your Lakers, yeah. Anthony Davis is on record as saying that he hasn't shot a basketball since April. Yes, April 5th. You believe that? I do believe it. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people make out because I guess he's already like talked about his offseason routine that involves mm-hmm. like, four, se- four weeks of rest and then six weeks of weights and then basketball activities like two months before the season. Yeah. Are other players like taking like three weeks off and then just going into like camps and workouts and training and things like that? What are the other players doing? I don't know. I think right. it depends on how far you get in the playoffs. Like I imagine like Jason Tatum also doesn't want to touch a basketball, but then that's right. hard because the, the off season is shorter for him. Right. And uh, there were other guys like last year who won the NBA championship on the Bucks and the Suns who played all that way and then just went straight to the Olympics and then went straight back to the NBA. Yeah, intense. That was right. a lot. That was a right. lot. And, and you know what? The Suns did run out of gas. So maybe there is something to that. Yeah. It was just one of those things where when I heard him say that, I was like, that's bad. Like, you have to at least be getting some shots up. And then I was like, what, do I, what the hell do I know? That might be totally normal. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like putting my own filter over what I think is good and bad. It's risky for him to say it. Right. Like, he doesn't need to say it. Because if, right. he, if he doesn't play well next year, then people will point to that. Right. And, if and it's does, coming off of the videos... Remember. It's coming off of the videos of LeBron getting shots up with his kids in the driveway. Yeah. And it's like, oh, these narratives. Does that count, though, as shots up? I mean, we we wouldn't be mad if Anthony Davis got that shot up. Just even one. I mean, just get some shots up is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I wonder if there's a maximum amount of shots where you can get up where it's like, this is no longer helping. Like, yes, Mm. I can make an empty shot in an arena. Right. I still can't make it in a game until I'm taking them in the game. 
Because he, can you walk us through? Do you remember what he said his like general ramp up timeline is? Yeah, it was four weeks off, six weeks weights, and then basketball activity for like the last two months. So I think that answers your question, which is like the six weeks of weights is yeah. really the thing that each player needs to do. Get their cardio right, get their strength right, yep. be ready. Like their skills are so ingrained in their bodies at this right. point, right? It's also, you have to adjust to like your new muscle mass. Like you have to now throw the ball less hard if you have more muscles. Right, right. Yeah. What are your expectations? Do you like? Do you expect him to play fifty games this upcoming season, Anthony I Davis? Do I'm kind of one of the the uh, optimists that are like these are kind of freak injuries. Like I don't subscribe to the idea that like uh, AD is like made of glass. Where it's like this guy gets hurt all the time, or it's like right, yeah, some guy did uh, get thrown into his knee. That right. happens. <laughs> so, right. So he did roll his ankle too. That mm-hmm. also happens. It's mm-hmm. just unfortunate that both of them happened back to back moments mm-hmm. in this long Lakers season. So I will just like I always think the Celtics will win. And sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised that they don't. I'll always just assume that AD will play a lot of games. And sometimes I'll be disappointed that he's not. So his the, his, the majority of the injuries he's faced aren't from him like doing hyper athletic things in his like seven foot one frame. It's usually just freaky banged into me, rolled an ankle, landed funny type things. Yeah. Last year was the knee into him. Like LeBron like did that like push off. Uh, crossover and I think it was Jaden McDaniels got thrown into his knee mm-hmm. uh, and then he like tried to jump stop next to Rudy Gobert and landed on his foot and rolled mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he had a groin issue I don't know there's a reality in which they trade him no uh, I don't know I don't think you can get good value enough back uh, for LeBron like he's the ideal LeBron teammate and if he's not, then there's nobody out there better you can get. Got it. Trade. It's not like you're Got trading it. him for Luka Doncic or something. Right, right, right. That makes sense. So, so we he's not. have to run it back with hopefully new perspective slash role players. But the limiting factor is the rust of it all. He's like the equivalent of five role players that you need to win. And we are now in the part of the offseason for the other 28 teams who aren't playing in the NBA Finals right now where... Kyrie Irving is now being floated as a potential candidate for the Lakers. And I was just like, I know basic math. I know basic math. And I know that this this just doesn't add up, folks. Yeah, he'd have to demand a trade. And Durant would be like, get me Russell Westbrook. And both Mm -hmm. those things seem unlikely to happen. Do you think Kyrie is a Brooklyn net to start the season next year? I do. Just because he loves Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant loves him. I think the Lakers you think they love the each other like that? Kind of stuck together, as it were. You know how like you crush on someone when you don't live with them, but then you start like you live with them, and suddenly you're like, oh, there's like little things about you that I didn't know, and maybe yeah. I'm not that I don't like that about you, but I'm tolerant of it. This yep. is their first year now, kind of really spending a year together. Yeah. There is a reality in which one or both of them is like, eh, it's not exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah, but I don't think they're there yet. That happened with them in Harden. I think they're just mm-hmm. like. We're not feeling it with James. Get him off mm-hmm. the island. We'll get Ben Simmons in here. And now they're both curious to see what that would look like with them. Speaking of which, is there any reality in which Ben Simmons doesn't play game one of oh, the definitely. upcoming season? Yeah, he had back really? recently. Oh my God, you're kidding me. Even from just like a, a health standpoint? Yeah, that would be like, I can imagine Woj tweeting about Zion or Ben Simmons like sometime in August. Like he's going to need four to six months to rehab X, Y, or Z. If he doesn't play for almost two consecutive years... At what point can we kind of just like put it to rest and be like, you're, you've retired. We've think, retired you. I think he has to be Markel Fultz, which is traded to a team we don't think about anymore. Right. Because as long as he's on the Sixers, on the Nets, it'll constantly come up. If he's on Orlando, we'd be like, oh, Simmons played the other day. That's kind yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. 
they should just use OKC as that franchise for like just rehabbing players and like getting them back to go to like the big markets again. Worked for Horford. Yeah, I mean, it seems to work for a lot of players. It worked for Chris Paul to a certain extent. That's right. Went there, just yeah. like they shined like, him up a little bit, like like put some air there. in the tires, sent him to a champion. I'm sure SGA would love that theory. You're sort of a minor league team for other mm. stars <laughs> to play well next to you. And everyone will get sent on their way to a better program, except you. You'll be here forever. <laughs> forever. 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 Uh, um, right. So yeah, I think I got Golden State winning it in six. I, I just can't see a reality that Boston wins the next two. If they do... A legendary finish to a legendary run I mean, for like the second half of the season on. Insane. Like they were so high with buzzer beaters versus the Nets, so low losing game five at home versus Milwaukee, then coming mm-hmm. back and winning those, then dropping games in Miami, then barely winning game seven on the road, and then mm-hmm. to do this. I'm glad I'm not a Celtics fan for a myriad of reasons, but like right. this postseason run, if they end up without a title, I'd be like, that was an emotional roller coaster. I don't even have the sweet relief at the end of it. Yes. And they'll be like projected to start the season next year, like the third best team in the East, <laughs> right. which is so wild. Right. Because Milwaukee will get Middleton back and who knows what Philly and Donovan Mitchell will go to Miami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, sweet. Should we talk uh, after the NBA championship is set, is declared? Yes, I think we should. And maybe we should have the MVP of the series on the podcast. That would be cool if we can get a Steph or even a Wiggins on here would do great um, for our Good numbers. All right. So if anyone has any contacts with Steph or Wiggins, um, let them know. Would you, would you want to talk to a Peyton Pritchard? No, I'm going to pass on Peyton. Fast PP is yeah. a fast pass pass for us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So if you know Peyton, don't tell him we have a podcast. Grant Williams. You taking Grant? Don't need Grant. Don't need Grant. I just really want that Wiggins or Steph. Yeah, Wiggins or Steph. Maybe Brown. Jalen Brown. I'd settle for a Brown. I'd settle for a Brown. That's good. All right. So Jalen, Steph, Wiggins, shout out to you guys. You guys are probably listening, so hit us up via DM. Uh, Billy, they can hear more of you on the No Joke podcast, right? Correct, Amundo, my man. Uh, So check us out there. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon enough. Goodbye, everybody. Go Celtics. No! (laughs) That was a HeadGum Original.